0: Howdy folks, this is The Good Speaking. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok. Enjoy the gold.
1: Blast, I've been rolling. Cut off, counted out, and... I can't do it. I can't do the Vin Diesel mumble. <laughs> I tried. <laughs> it's way too low, even for it's me. Too I low. Yeah. If, I'm Richard B. Riddick. Your family, <laughs> family <laughs> man. <laughs> oh fuck! This nice. is gonna be a weird one. <laughs> Welcome back to <laughs> Welcome back, everybody, to the Good to Bad and the Boys podcast. Uh, now featuring one of the- is this one of the first one like the. The recommended ones we've done,
0: yeah, this is yeah one of one of the first. Uh, Howard the Duck was our very first. Yeah, and
1: that heard, that gave it, me depression. Something? So thanks, fans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just... Oh,
0: I guess I guess the thing was also recommended. So maybe this is our third recommendation. I, I
1: suppose so. We well, we gotta start that, doing that are... more more of those now that we're getting more people recommending. I I could see why we yes. didn't for for almost two months after the last recommendation was was Howard the Duck, but I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. We're here today to review Pitch Black, a two thousand sort of science fiction horror, I guess action.
0: Yeah. Uh, alien horror action and
1: Yeah, not alien.
0: Yeah, alien, not alien. Alien,
1: not alien. <laughs> um, but we got Vin Diesel, uh Rada Mitchell. Yeah, Richard B. Riddick. Richard B. Riddick. Dick Riddick. Ridiculous. <laughs> the Riddick franchise now uh, franchise a franchise of Riddick franchise not intended to be but this movie comes recommended uh, on our Facebook group we got one of those going now we've been pushing we got up we got people in it now we've been talking about movies we had a weird conversation about time loops and what happens in there and we've, we've gotten some recommendations this one comes from Steve from the Facebook group uh, excellent yeah. recommendation thanks Steve Pitch black
0: thanks for listening to our episodes <laughs>
1: That doubles the audience base from my mom and Steve. Yeah. So thanks, Steve, <laughs> and Steve. Thanks, Steve, and Gabe too. I guess Gabe is and Portia, the boys back home. Yeah. Get, <laughs> yeah. Uh, actually, a little update about the channel. We, I think, probably by the time this episode comes out, we'll be at two thousand downloads. So, thank you guys Ooh. very much for
0: listening in. Thank you. Thanks for that. Yeah, we really enjoyed doing this. It. Thanks for listening to us just ramble about just movies. Ramble and Do half assed research yeah. and everything. If a we, 20 we minute it.
1: Sierra Burgess is Palpatine theory crafting session <laughs> wasn't <laughs> enough to get people in, but I don't know what will, but apparently it did.
0: Uh, I don't know. Yeah. So
1: 2K and downloads, it So thank it, you all. Uh, it worked. Yeah. So much. February
0: was a good, it, we were in the green in February. In so green, we appreciate yeah. that. Um. Stonks, as it were. <laughs> Diamond hands.
1: Yeah. Well, not yes, but yes. So, wow, <laughs> definitely tune into the Facebook group. We're going to be taking a lot more recommendations in the coming episodes and and talk a little more about what what people want to hear us suffer to. Cough, cough. Howard the Duck, but Pitch Black. I had never heard of Pitch Black. Well, like I guess I no, yeah, I didn't know it was a part of like that Riddick series. Um, it wasn't. It just mm. wasn't really on my radar until it was recommended. But really good, really oh, no, good yeah. sci-fi horror movie. Yeah, you and you had seen it before, right?
0: Yeah, I had. Yeah, my my dad really loves the series. Um, Well, actually, just kind of just likes pitch black. (laughs) Um, Understandable. Yeah, he he didn't really care about the other ones, which for good reason. And we can get into that on Thursday. We'll be going um, over the legacy of these this franchise sequels turned into a franchise unintentionally. Yeah, the unintentional franchise. Yeah, but he uh, introduced it to me in high school. Like freshman year, I think I watched it. Really, really great stuff. I I was fully enamored. That's when I also was watching like Predator, Alien movies okay. for the first time, and it's like freshman year. That was really cool. Um, I had a good time with it, and uh, and then my. <laughs> My dad was like, "Okay, yeah, just forget the other movies. You don't have to go through them because they they suck." And I was like, "Well, I I liked Pitch Black, so and I like Riddick, so I'm gonna watch it, Dad. I'm sure it's not too bad." And then I was like, "Oh,", oh. and I, I just like sunk right into my couch once I got to Chronicles of Riddick. Watching Chronicles really of Riddick. I did like Dark Fury though, the anime that takes place in between Chronicles huh. and.
1: You'll have to Pitch talk Black. about that. I did not watch Dark Fury. I was too enthralled by the lore presented in Chronicles of Riddick. This is a lore channel after all, so I got, I got really into that this week for no reason. <laughs> no. Never going to talk about it yeah, again. That's all good. Just into Riddick lore. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> all the Riddick lore, but yeah. yeah, so Pitch Black. I guess a little synopsis just to, to, before we start talking about why we liked it. Uh, it takes place in the far future. It's about like a space crew, a passenger ship, uh, on their way to some distant planet. I think it's called New Mecca. Uh, and on it are a very yes. eclectic mix of characters. There's uh, like a, a sort of spiritual man and his followers uh, based heavily on... Uh, yeah. He's making like the Islamic pilgrimage to hey, Mecca. Mom. But it's called New Mecca. So I guess Mecca is like a planet now, whether it's square or not, not established in the lore.
0: That's played by Keith, uh, Keith David or Keith Williams?
1: Keith David. Keith David
0: Williams, who... Was the arbiter, and also was in the thing too. He was one of the characters of the thing. Yeah, he I was. He was Childs. He's... Oh, oh, he's he's the he's the yeah Childs. He was like the last one of the last few alive. Yeah, he's the last two.
1: One of the last two. Yeah, Keith Davids. Um, he's really good at it.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's plays plays a mom really well. I I really like the character of a mom. It's just this nice elder spiritual man. We're very optimistic about the situation, no matter <laughs> situation.
1: how shitty it is. Yeah, so we got um. Imam uh, and his followers. We got um rada Mitchell as as Fry, who's like a docking pilot turned captain. Because the captain dies. Uh, Cole Hauser mm-hmm. as a cop, and Vin Diesel as Richard B Riddick. He's just, yeah, just like this the, was
0: one of his like more breakout. Is his break, roles, I think too, his, I believe, his biggest um,
1: role before this one was like a background character in Saving Private Ryan. So this this oh, was yeah, his breakout yeah. role. And I have some movie lore I could go into later about his attachment Ooh. to the character of Riddick and how it ties into uh, Fast and Furious. But yeah, and then some other characters as well. They're all in this passenger ship. A meteor storm hits it. The ship goes down. There's these survivors. It's on a desert world with
0: three suns, so it's almost never nighttime. And for some reason, they never get uh, sunburnt or anything. Yeah, all these white ass people out of radiation, three suns, (laughs) (laughs)
1: fucking no sunburn. Diesel's bald ass in the sun; it doesn't head doesn't turn red. (laughs) Just wandering around the desert,
0: (laughs) right? Yeah, he even like shaves his head bald too. Like why? It keeps it. It's probably scorching hot. Nice and shiny. Probably. I don't know. I know he's trying (laughs) to blind
1: people, but. For the most part, the movie starts out as sort of like a a survival against the elements, really. Uh, Just trying to make it in the desert and find a way off this desolate planet. They, for the most part, trust each other, save for Riddick, who was a prisoner aboard that ship of Kohlhauser's um, character, Johns. He's the, the cop figure.
0: And and Riddick's um, background is interesting. I mean, Chronicles kind of goes into it more about being some prophesized thing. Yeah, yeah
1: Chronicles gets on weird. Thursday, with it. But but like from what we yeah, know. But
0: I guess the novelization of Pitch Black is that he was like a Spec Ops uh, person, um, some yeah, like Marine or or something. I, I wasn't he sure was, the details. Yeah, he's like a mercenary
1: or like a soldier turned whistleblower or something, and that was how he got in trouble or yeah. something. So yeah, they. Riddick escapes, and they, you know they try and hunt him down for a bit. I don't know why everyone agrees to go out into the desert with Johns and like hunt him down because nobody else is getting paid to bring Riddick <laughs> back, and they that's, they that's have so a true. limited amount of time and water. And they're like, "Let's go on a manhunt, real quick." Yeah, so Riddick just, is running around, he's meeting. Yeah, forget, forget
0: all the survival basic yeah, fuck needs. Fuck that, so we gotta go, go kick Vin ass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so yeah, and he goes back and forth from escaping to captivity to trolling on people uh he's wanted for murder
0: trolls and, so hard yeah. in this movie he is. So he's funny. a little memer
1: <laughs> he really is he's wanted for murder and they always say he's like an animal he's a murderer he spent half his life in lockup uh etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. so you kind of think that riddick's gonna be the bad guy like they're stuck on a planet with him uh but the movie it takes a little bit of twist it's a little twisty little twisty turny Turns into more of a sci-fi yeah, yeah, horror. He's, film.
0: he's a a little morally gray, uh, and yeah, there's yeah a little little twist of like who the actual villain is, which is great. Adds a little tension. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's kind of weird. Uh, Riddick is a, kind of a weird character. He's got all these rumors surrounding how ruthless is, he is, and you see it. I mean, he's he's de- he's definitely not afraid to take lives in the most gruesome manner <laughs> throughout the entire franchise. Well, in the but, franchise, uh, I don't yes. know. He's also morally, but in the in the context of this movie, though, yeah, it's he seems like almost misunderstood or his rumors are misconstrued or something. Yeah. Really. He doesn't seem like he's really the ruthless killer that they think he is. And he's got a little morals. Uh, he's not really willing to leave these people to die on the planet. Um, and uh, yeah, he actually kind of helps the, the remaining sur- uh, survivors. And it's very interesting. Yeah. Um, it was weird. yeah. And- uh, he's kind of a weird, complex character. Well, I, I don't know how complex he really is, but it's, it's just, it's weird. It's, it's interesting. He's got some
1: layers and that was part of the intention of the director. Um, where's his fucking name is David toy. David toy. Yeah. yeah. So this movie, um, he knew making it that it would be compared to alien a lot or aliens mm. just cause mm. that was like the standout sci-fi monster movie. Yeah, of the time. which
0: I mean, this movie really hits a lot of those alien beats for sure. I it mean, does. There, there is a lot of it. It's very familiar. It's very formulaic in that sci-fi alien sense. But in a
1: an interview with Toy and Diesel, uh, um, Toy talked about the steps that they took to make it not like Alien. Uh, one of the only, one of the few criticisms of Alien, aside from what we talked about in Episode Four, where it turns out Ridley Scott just ripped off like every horror movie of the twentieth century. The only criticism really was, like, just kind of the the flat characters. Like, Ripley was the only real interesting one. Yeah. And everyone else just... Everyone was just
0: alien fodder. Yeah, they're yeah just kind of there just... to die. And in Pitch Black, with the, with some of the characters, that is definitely it's, the case. It's pretty much the same. That's clear. Yeah, in Pitch Black, a lot of these characters are just pretty much expendable. And they, I mean, yeah, a lot of them don't really <laughs> last long. No,
1: But the ones that do, it is in, um, he talked about, you know, they the studio had thrown around some bigger names uh, for the cast, and he kind of wanted some unknowns because, you know, if you see some, you know, Schwarzenegger, Nick Cage in one of these movies, you know, like most likely they're going to get out of there alive. It kind of lowers some tension a little. So he picked, you know, Vin Diesel up fresh off of his role as background character and Saving Private Ryan. Uh, you know, you got Cole Hauser, Roda Mitchell, um, people not as known before 2000, uh before that time. And he, you know, as we saw in the movie, he crafted a bit more of an ensemble between them. While Riddick is he's the opening narration, you know, it's kinda hinted at that he might be the villain in the start, um, and that Cole Hauser's character is the is the hero, but then tensions sort of start to form and Hauser's character yeah. and Riddick sort of switch dynamics and then there's um there's Rodham Mitchell's character, Fry, uh and they all sort of have like an equal role in the story so you don't know I didn't know who was going to mm-hmm. live I guess I knew Riddick was going to live because yeah. I knew there was, yeah. there was two more movies yeah. about Riddick uh, I,
0: think, I think Rada Mitchell's character was the most surprising with Rada's character um, I don't know yeah she she has a lot of guilt in the very beginning shot when the ship is crashing she almost ejects the entire cargo oh. hold of all the passengers <laughs> she tried so she has a lot of guilt you know <laughs> she she definitely tried she, uh, she had her hand on the lever and everything she was um, pulling it like, and uh, <laughs> so she's carrying a lot of guilt throughout this entire movie, and unfortunately, uh, she she has to pay for it right at the end, Um, and that was very surprising. I I thought it would be like a redemption arc to her, but again, it kind of adds to the more realism of the survival horror, and it, it just adds to, I, I don't know, it's just... It's, it's very sad, but yeah, she you know she ultimately pays for what she did at the beginning. We should probably specify
1: why we call this a sci-fi horror and not a sci-fi action. While Riddick is hinted at to be the villain yeah. at the start, he is not. It's aliens that live underground. The planet with three suns experiences a solar eclipse, and it's super dark out, and all these nocturnal aliens come up from the ground. There's just hordes of them. It's a real fuckfest, uh, and that's the horror part as they try and survive yeah. on this desert planet all the things
0: love the alien designs i uh, love the idea behind it 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 just it's a very scary situation mm-hmm. just high tension I, I love that yeah they're echolocation so they don't even need light they are warded off by light the light uh waves singe their skin sizzle so them a little survive that's why they stick to the underground caverns until the eclipse every 22 years happens on the planet and they just roam around eat whatever they can and eat themselves they're a very parasitic species, similar to Alien. Yeah, in the director's interview,
1: he talked about the steps that he took to make them not like the xenomorphs from Alien. And while they do have yeah. a very alien design, I don't think it's as compelling as the the xenomorph. Probably a, a lot more definitely. You not. know, the fucked yeah. up. Uh, what's the word? Cronenberg um, ass practicals went into those ones. <laughs> These ones are are basically all 2000s cgi <laughs> so they don't look yeah
0: cgi until you get up close they have a little bit of some they get a uh, few for like uh, practicals the dead ones just a few yeah. but yeah but it's no there, it's definitely that early two, 2000s transition yeah. into more cgi based but it was it was nice to see though Practical versus CGI. Yeah. It was a good blend. They do look very different. Yeah. And I, I love Zetor, the designs though. too. They're, they're a little, yeah, they're a little different. They kind of look like hammerhead sharks going around, which is uh, kind of the intention. The sharks. And, and then you have like those like flying bats that are the same ways as well. Um, well, I, I, don't know if those are like the, like the offspring or if they were yet to fully grow or something, but I'm not sure. I, I, I'm not sure if they're like two, two different species living together. Not flying sure the, bats and like the, the lorries behind dog that. things,
1: <laughs> but yeah, very weird alien creatures. Yeah, really cool design. And Toy had said he wanted to make their behavior yeah. different from the xenomorphs; that they'd be scary in kind of a different way. Xenomorphs are they're they're pretty yeah. intelligent creatures. They're one of the scarier movie monsters, in my opinion, just because they're they're oh definitely pretty smart and they're to this day parasitic way of breeding and that involves their prey. It's very creepy and eerie they have a very hierarchical system these things don't give two shits about anything they're just like some mob monster that if you're stuck in the dark you're fucked and that's that's it there's no nothing more to it really it doesn't put too much on the on the monsters i guess uh layer wise i'm not sure i would word that it's you know they live in the dark and if you're in the dark with them they'll just fuck you up and that's that's all it yeah. needs. And I, to be a I scary love their monster. like
0: little echolocation like barks. Yeah, their sounds, stuff. the it's sound design, eerie was really cool. Uh, yeah, I think the movie really did good, a good
1: yeah. job. Uh, it had a budget of twenty three million, which is a pretty low budget for oh. you know like a yeah, it's, yeah, for something independent budget like yeah. this. Yeah, um, it was the original studio was smaller. It was released by Universal, I believe, but Universal, yeah, came Universal in, stepped in. Yeah, was that like the eleventh hour? Universal stepped in. The original movie was like basically made from
0: Interscope. It was yeah. being
1: finalized, and yeah, the studio just backed out, and Universal just picked yeah. it right up. I Think so they could get Vin Diesel under their thumb for for more yeah. Fast and Furious. But I, I could it's go into for the
0: more franchise works, more yeah. franchise worthy, and and then he ultimately becomes his final form, which is a talking tree. Vin Diesel's final form, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, th- I think it was it was great that they got studio help because, yeah, again, a great movie. I, I'm glad to see that it got some support from a bigger studio. However, I think, though, knowing what's to come and the legacy of the Riddick <laughs> series, it's kind of a double-edged sword. It, yeah, it can um, be like that. Where it seems like it might be too much studio interference. In um, game.
1: Turns out, a fun fact, actually, is that the studio... Didn't really do too much, at least not for the third one, the movie Riddick, the 2013 one. I'm not sure about Chronicles of Riddick, um, how much they had to do oh, with that. Okay. But it was a Vin Diesel actually who was more into the franchising than anyone else, really.
0: Oh, I gotcha. think more than the director even, because the studio. And and that's the thing, like that is that is Vin Diesel's like character, man. He owns that Riddick. Is... I don't think anyone else could play Reddick as well as he he can. Like that, he owns that character. He that's his Rambo that's his uh i don't know i'm trying to think of like it's like schwarzenegger's terminator uh you know
1: robert downey's iron man that's like yeah
0: right exactly it's it's uh that is his character and he plays it very well yeah he does a great job (laughs) this is asshole merc the you know (laughs) creepy
1: mercenary with the cat eyes he's like half feral
0: honestly probably one of his better performances out of anything else he's ever done (laughs) to be honest
1: um, I I don't know. I'd yeah, I'd say it's one of his one of his better ones. Uh, I don't know if he cares yeah. as Dom Toretto in the Fast and Furious. It looks like everyone's just memeing <laughs> I don't, I don't on set so. now. <laughs> oh, we're a family. Yeah, we're family. No. We're family now. He doesn't say family in Riddick. Um, so turn off for some people who came to see Vin Diesel in this Fast and Furious Thirty Seventy Seven. Yeah. his cat eyes and he flies spaceships. <laughs> so. <laughs> So pitch black. What about it? You know, made you like it so much. We, you know, went through synopsis, some fun lore. What what makes it good?
0: Yeah, well, I I'm a sucker, you know, for alien and you know the, that type of survival alien horror movies, and I think this does it really well. It's a, it's a great addition to to my horror movie collection. A fine addition. I I love the aesthetic of the planet too. Um, just great visuals. I think even the opening crash is just really fun. Really, really well, well done. Just the fact that there's like rogue asteroids, you know, at any point in interstellar travel, Dick on your spaceship prisoner transport pretty much. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And it's kind of scary. It's just like, there is a, a, you know, just an undertone of like that existential, you know, like kind of what we did for like no country for old men. It's just like, circumstances just happens whether you know whether we like it or whether it's morally good or bad or whatever it just doesn't matter it's just all about survival at this point it just comes down to human primitive you know needs and wants and uh yeah i I think this movie does well of that and then yeah the opening crash and just that tension with the pilot and her wanting to let go of the cargo to keep them you know from dying in this crash or she can get the nose up or or whatever Mm -hmm. she's supposed to do to To land this craft, um, and then just the whole aesthetic of the planet itself um, and the creature design, I think is really interesting, unique. I mean, we've kind of seen that type of creature before a little bit, but again, it, it was it was more it was different enough to to enjoy it and not think it's a rehash or mm-hmm. or, or whatever. But yeah, but I, I love how the eclipse happens. Just seeing that planet. You know, that ringed planet Rise, you know, as a mirage from the horizon. Really great visual. Loved that. I love that there's three suns and, you know, it, there was a cool camera pan to each character as they're looking to each sun. Yeah, and the, the, uh, where...
1: the color changes Yeah, as it goes to each one. There's like a red and a yellow and a blue.
0: Yeah, it's so, and it, it adds to the mysticism. While it adds to also that dehydration feeling, that hallucination feeling, that mirage desert wandering it does, feeling. Yeah, I noticed. And I love too when they when they see the trees off in the distance, or like what they assume is trees, but actually just skeletal remains of like a, a species that has oh, so been long dead. Some like probably uh, from the creatures that are burrowed underground. Some crate you know? dragon. It's like some skeleton. elephant. Yeah, crate dragon thing. Yeah. It was cool. I was like, oh, shoot. Like, yeah, this this planet is absolutely barren. It's almost like no hope. They it's a sign sucky. of like no hope, no survival. Uh, yeah, they're just in a sucky situation. And I think with the whole thing with a mom and them traveling to New Mecca and having that Islamic um, ascetic to like just to add mystic walking and wandering. It's almost like, you know, it's like very jesus uh, fasting for forty days out in the uh, desert, yes. wrestling with the, the devil. The first kind thing of I aesthetic. think
1: of when I think of Islam,
0: Jesus. <laughs> excellent connection. Uh, I'm mixing religions here, but yes, uh, <laughs> <laughs> excellent connection. Uh, we are a diverse uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> podcast, if you haven't noticed.
1: Isaac's like this is this movie has the lessons of Islamic pilgrimage, uh, worship Jesus. Thank you for coming to my TED talk, everybody. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> Thank you for coming. Thanks, thanks, Isaac. Uh, and praise God, whatever that God that may be. All right. Uh, anyway, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But anyways, just... that's that's kind of the I don't know, just the aesthetic I get, and then once the planet is eclipsed, I mean, gosh, yeah, they're it just in darkness, and it adds. I mean, yeah, it adds to that survival tension. Uh, something that's uh, unique where. The alien, you know, the alien threat—they thrive in darkness. Yeah, they're... and and as humans, that's kind of our antithesis. We do like not. we we do well in light, we don't do well in darkness. Mm-hmm. So it's a great mix and tension. Um, and yeah, ultimately, yeah, they have to just use light to pave their way and and to ward off the aliens. So. Just great. I I love I love that idea and and it's very contained too. It's very self-contained movie. Pretty tight knit story, yeah. Until it uh, branches out into more. Until Chronicles of Riddick, and then it's just Jesus, <laughs> and then there's no hope. No, uh, hope. after that. But yeah, but uh, again, yeah, a very I don't know, and it's very realistic, J- just like how Aliens makes the world very realistic as well, and how the Nostromo works, and it's very corporatized. Uh, yes, it's very, the old. 90s <laughs> to
1: 2000s interpretation of the future. I love that. Uh, yeah, that sci-fi it's, aesthetic. It's, it's good. The 90s like sci-fi, where it's, <laughs> I, everything's like really bulky. Yeah, and I love it. And blocky and square yeah, off. Bulky and it's, yeah, it's definitely not wildly um, impractical. Apple 90s <laughs> <based>. <laughs> future technology. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. Kind of I, I love that. I love that aesthetic. I've future. always loved that since Aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pitch Black plays along with that too. So I'm pretty convinced that they're in the same universe, Alien and Riddick.
1: <laughs> I, I, yeah, I agree with you on all those points. Uh, the movie does a great job. I think my favorite part was, like you said, how the, the cinematography shows the predicament that they're oh, it's in, so good. the transitions with color between the three suns to just kind of show the passage of time since it's all daylight out, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's like what sun they're in, depending on the angle. Uh, It's, you know, it's used to convey character emotions and they're pretty doing well with each other. They're in like the blue sun and then tensions start to rise. Riddick's running around. He's on the loose. Is there in like the yellow or the red one? Yeah. Stuff like that. I, one of my favorite parts, they were walking between their crash ship and a settlement that they found. And it looked like it, it was on flat land but they use like a fishbowl lens, so like the whole character yeah, caravan fishbowl, was like yeah,
0: the optic lens, yeah, going
1: down and yeah, up, and it was so cool. It was very mirage excuse me oh, very like
0: psychedelic
1: very mm-hmm. yeah just show like the dehydration because <laughs> they don't find water for like half this movie they're drinking some fucking wine that one got one of them brought <laughs> it was like a historian <laughs> yeah drinking like, <laughs> it's like yeah, why are they drinking wine at the alcohol <laughs> the worst thing <laughs> to, to have yeah <laughs> they're like drinking alcohol and going on a like, man hydrating them more for a guy that only one <laughs> of them gets paid to catch <laughs> fucking right in the yeah desert.
0: it's it's so funny Again, it just adds to, you know, again, the survival tension. It like, does, yeah, yeah. They have very shitty supplies and, and just adds to it.
1: The tension is is well established throughout. When it first starts, you think it's going to be like sort of a, a man versus nature type kind of survival on a, a hostile environment. Mm. And there's also a murderer on the loose. But, you know, to the credit of Riddick's character and that development of that, uh, he turns out to not be what everyone thinks he is on the surface. He eventually joins up with him. And we have the new villains introduced—the spooky aliens. The eclipse comes, the aliens, yeah. and it's established how dangerous they are pretty early in the film. One guy's digging grave for, digging graves for all the people who died in the crash. He digs into one of their burrows and he just gets fucking gone. And there's the tense scene where, where the docking captain Fry, she goes in to look for him. They think Riddick did it, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah no."
0: And <laughs> she like finds like it's kind of a Jurassic Park moment where she finds the limb of yeah. You know, just, she just like, sees his, just his body his fucked
1: up. This is definitely a rated R movie, um and I think that helps establish, definitely. like you said, the the realism of it. We see in the first sequence the captain just get riddled with meteorites through the bullets as the girls in like the cryopod yeah. across from him just watching him die, and you're like, oh fuck, this is so Gosh, scary. Yeah, they can't do shit
0: about it. They are just it watching is, him yeah. get riddled with asteroids. Can't do anything. Um. Stuff like that. That moment, too, of, what is it, like, the co-pilot or something falls out of cryo, and he's like, why am I falling? Why is there gravity? <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, shit, there's a planet right underneath us. We're going to crash. You know, it's like, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I loved that line. Why did I just fall? <laughs> why did I just
1: fall on you? <laughs> so stuff like that, it establishes that people are very much killable in this universe in horrible, brutal ways, yeah, be it from the yeah. environment, each other, or these horrible, fucked up aliens. Uh which makes the stakes that much higher when night comes and all mm-hmm. those aliens are out. They are completely surrounded by them. The only thing yeah. keeping them from getting dicked on by these weird hammerhead shark flying monsters is just the few light sources that they have. And I think that's when the movie gets to yeah. its best. It's not a high budget, and oh, sometimes definitely. that shows you could tell they spent most of the money on like animating the CGI monsters and the opening outdated. sequence. Yeah. So what little they have to work with, they it was filmed in the Australian desert. So, you know, and yeah, just the use of setting. light makes it so you don't really need like crazy, ridiculous set design of which we will see lots of in Chronicles of Riddick. Because half the movies, it's just pitch black out and they just have glow sticks and liquor bottles that they stuffed with rags and like lit on fire flashlights. They have like those weird tube things that glow blue that they wrap themselves in. And that's that's that was probably by far my favorite part of the movie. when They just have to go wander around in the dark with their limited light. It's all natural lighting and that, that makes it feel very real. It makes it feel very scary. You can't see the creatures, which that's like rule number one of horror of a monster movie is, you yeah. know, don't show your monster too much. Uh, you can't see them. You could just hear their spooky echolocation.
0: Yeah, the spooky vision, which is cool. That's such a great monster premise. Like having thing, Just having the whole niche of just everything is pitch black. Mm-hmm. I think that's... That's brilliant. And you, not knowing, yeah, not knowing what the monster is, what it looks like. And yeah, I mean, most of the movie you're kind of wondering, yeah, what what do these creatures really look like? You know, they don't devote too much time in revealing the entirety of what this monster looks like. It's very, it's uh, very ailing. It. You don't
1: really know because you either see like little glimpses of it in the darkness or you see it through Riddick's eyes, which Riddick has like really weird vision because he has those, Yeah, look with your, look, look with your special eyes. Riddick's fucking specialized specialize,
0: yeah. uh, where they're all like purple and huey he went through uh, was it eye surgery in prison all his years in prison as so he, you could see who's sneaking up on him in the dark as it claims in, in Chronicles of Riddick badass. we man that
1: he's secretly a part of the master race which is a really weird term yeah. for the character but from what's established in Pitch Black as it was written because it was just written to be a one-off it wasn't supposed to be a franchise people just really like Riddick <laughs> So they franchised his yeah. ass. But Pitch Black will take, you know, his word for it. He got him in prison because in prison he was told he'd never see daylight again. So he's like, okay, I'll just see you in the night. So he's the only one who can see the monsters. And that, that adds to it as well as Riddick is, you know, at the yeah. time, the least trustable person, <laughs> despite him right. never really doing anything. The he's movie the only sh- one who can see the monster. Yeah, the yeah. movie shows him as not the worst guy, but everyone tells us that he is the worst guy. Riddick, yeah. he's just sort of a memer during this movie, <laughs> especially during the first half. He's yeah. just like trolling around like just like, you know, sipping on their wine and stuff. My favorite was when... Yeah, um, I do
0: question his his history. Yeah, I do question where like how ruthless people really perceive him as or maybe he's just forced to be ruthless yeah. and that's when the rumors started. I, I think he's probably a good guy at art, you know and it's shown. But As it's shown in the movie yeah, at the know, end of the movie. I don't know.
1: He's He's pretty alright, yeah. Yeah, but in this movie, Riddick does not kill a single person.
0: No, in Chronicles of Riddick, you know
1: he's flying around, he's fucking shooting four guys at once, blows people up, I mean, and then in the—that's <laughs> the PG-13 one. Then we get to the, the third movie in the series, Riddick, back to rated R. He's like cutting people's heads in
0: half. He's fucking ripping arms off. He <laughs>
1: turns into crazy dark
0: fury. He there's a whole anti-grav sequence of him just fucking up everyone. But yeah, he's <laughs> but in Pitch Black, <laughs> I think they kind of forgot about <laughs> they forget, Yeah. So I like how he was made to be
1: kind of animalistic and he was made to be similar to even the, the mm-hmm. alien monsters in this movie. Like he's a monster yeah. because he's made to be, but he never really does anything that monster He's monstrous. reflected, yeah. He just does like some Bugs Bunny shit right. where they go around looking for him and he, he <laughs> I don't know how many camera pans there. I, I should have counted. It does it a lot where people are either <laughs> yeah. looking for him, <laughs> it shows him look around in a room and yeah. walk away. And then the camera pans over and he's hiding somewhere and he'll like look yeah. over at the camera. <laughs> or it'll be some scary shits happening in the dark. Someone is like getting ripped to shreds by the aliens or something, and then it pans over to Riddick and we see him just go from like the half light that he's in, and then he steps into the darkness. <laughs> it happened yeah. so many times in this movie. It looked cool the first time, and I was like, "All right, yeah. Riddick, we get it. <laughs> you like the dark.
0: <laughs> we understand, Riddick." But yeah, I love that camera pan where he's just sitting underneath the umbrella, like sipping on. The oh keto. my god, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it seems like a nameless survivor a, of the crash
1: scene is uh who is also bald goes looking for him and we see him get lit up by another survivor who thought he was riddick and he was like oh shit i thought that was riddick <laughs> i thought he's gonna kill you guys and he walks away and the camera just zooms in and unblurs and we see riddick like chilling on a patio <laughs> drinking their wine and stuff he's like fucking bugs bunny yeah it's kind of a know, stupid man yeah i know it's like <laughs> it a funny. looney tunes moment Yeah, <laughs> it's, like it's so Toons, cartoony shit. he's funny uh, so yeah he's just memeing and he doesn't kill anyone, but he also doesn't, like, save anyone. Like, when there's monsters, until the uh, end.
0: Yeah, at the end, he kind of needs to be convinced by the pilot mm-hmm. um, to go back for the couple of people that are the, the last remaining survivors. I guess he had to be convinced. He,
1: Riddick seems like a tr- a true neutral. He's just surviving. He's looking out for number one. But yeah. so he's not going to go out seems of his like way a or, chaotic neutral. <laughs> to hurt anyone. Yeah, he uh, He does have to be convinced. He f- makes it to the ship, and he's about to fly away. And the fry tracks his ass down, and is like, "No, we're going back, and we're saving people." And that also adds to her, yeah. which again, the characterization is really good in this movie, especially between Riddick, the captain, and the cop, who we learn is not a cop; he's a bounty hunter, who's just here to, you know, yeah, cash merc. in Riddick for a payday. Yeah. And he sort of transitions from kind John. of that that John Wayne hero of the story to sort of a villain. He yeah. starts like making threats to everyone. He assaults the captain. Uh, he he you know, he's, he turns out he's just looking out for him too. And he's willing to hurt people to, you know, to survive. He even asked Riddick, he's like, All right, can you, uh, can you kill like half these people so we can get off without having to go get more fuel? Thanks. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so while Riddick does need convincing to save people, he doesn't go out of his way to hurt people, which I liked a lot. He's, he's, a, he's a bit feral. Yeah. He just gets vibing. And the captain convincing him adds to her thing, uh, where she has to, sort of redeem herself in her own eyes because nobody else but uh John's knows that she attempted to murder everybody <laughs> to survive during the ship crash. Uh but you know she yeah. is goes back. She's Riddick's like, Were you gonna are you will you die for these people? And she's like, Yeah, I will. And then she does. But in the process sort of reconnects Riddick with his own humanity, which was nice
0: cute no you're right um yeah uh that's that's a great way to look at it um you know she yeah again she she claimed that she would die for this crew you know out of guilt Mm -hmm. (laughs) in 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 a sense she pays for her guilt and then yeah um kind of sparks that humanity back into Riddick which is interesting yeah because he's been kind of feral this whole time yeah I didn't I didn't think about that yeah yeah so she you
1: know in at the start of the movie was willing to take others lives and
0: by the end of it She's willing to give her own. I just love the emulation too from from uh, Jack, which we again add add a little bit more attention of like where the creatures are drawn to blood, and it turns out this Jack is uh, actually posing as a as a dude who's actually a, a, a girl, um, and it's unfortunately her time of the month at that at that moment, so they're even more drawn to her. Uh, again, it's like kind of that shark mentality of attracted to blood. So again, it kind I of could really tell a little bit. It's to weird. That
1: it It does make him seem very animalistic. he's a very good sense of smell and sight, yeah, don't know why future people established in the lore in the second movie during his master race reveal <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> which uh, that's that's what's unfortunate is like i I loved that banter from her, Jack and Riddick uh, their relationship is really cool, oh, really yeah, great to explore. She's like but the franchise doesn't go anywhere with it, and it's really thirteen.
1: 12 in this and wants to be like tough and cool and Riddick's the toughest fucking coolest dude she's ever seen in his life he's like a cool uncle so she like shaves her head and she gets a shitty pair of goggles and she looks like him (laughs) everyone and everyone else is like this is a fucking murderer her seeing him as something more than that as you know taking him at at face value probably also contributes to his his reconnection to human society since she is the one that the captain talks him into going back and rescuing and he even fights one of those monsters mm-hmm. for, even before that, he goes and wrestles one and, like, guts it. Um, so that yeah. was cute. I like I like their their thing uh, <laughs> where he's just, like, memeing.
0: We'll, we'll go, go into Thursday of how, yeah, their relationship kind of, I don't know. I, for some reason, it's just... It, I it don't know. It takes, like, a weird turn in Chronicles. I don't know. It just doesn't click as well as Pitch Black. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Fury, they go into it more, which was fun. It was fun to see because, I mean, Dark Fury takes, like, moments right right after they get picked up from the Pitch Black Planet. So we get to see more of that between Jack and, and Riddick. Mm. But yeah, I, I wish they would, would have kept that throughout the franchise and had a little bit more of uh, that character arc for her, of her emulation of Riddick, which they do, but not in a good way, I don't think. Yeah, great characters. Um, it, it was good. It was, again, self-contained. Uh, dialogue was really, really well done for a movie like this. I didn't really cringe at anything, or nothing really didn't make any sense. Yeah, it was very, you know, it just it was very smart. It was a smart, smartly written film.
1: Yeah, and a lot of these sci-fi action horror ones, which we will definitely see in Chronicles of Riddick, there is like a weird amount of time dedicated to exposition. Uh, Not a lot of that Mm -hmm. in this movie. You know, that it's sort of pretty naturally woven into the conversation. Um, you know, like Riddick's yeah. perceived backstory they talk about as they hunt him. The only real time they sit down and talk about anything is like when the eclipse is coming and they have the little mini solar system model and they're setting it all up and that's about it. And that's like five minutes.
0: Yeah. Like you said, it, it gets woven into just the story and what the characters are saying. Oh yeah. We don't dwell on the exposition. We don't dwell on, yeah. we just we're kind of right in the moment, which I feel like that's where sometimes the movie like, That's kind of one of my problems with the movie is that the pacing is slightly off. It's
1: a bit slow.
0: For some reason, I I don't know, there's slow moments, but there's, it also just, it all goes really, really fast. Mm. I feel like, uh, yeah, once the eclipse, like the eclipse happens very quickly, I don't know, maybe for a monster, you know, alien horror film, like. You know, with Alien, you know, that was such a big anticipation film. Yeah. And I mean, it's a formulaic device for sure. I mean, it's very overused, I think, where, you know, you anticipate the coming events, you know, uh, with Pitch Black, I feel like it just immediately, you know, we get to the action pretty, pretty quickly, rather quickly in the story. Mm. But again, uh, that's just a minor, minor nitpick. Yeah. Like there wasn't time to sit uh, analyze their situation being on this desert planet kind of sitting in the environment a little bit longer i feel like get some more of the survival stuff yeah maybe some more survival stuff and then all of a sudden oh shit yeah there's eclipse gonna happen and who knows we might be in the 22nd year that it happens it could happen at any moment Oof. where they've kind of wasted time in this desert environment trying to look for supplies rather than oh, shit, yeah, okay, <laughs> this eclipse is gonna, like, fuck us over, and we didn't know about it, and now we have to, like, really start rushing back, really start, I mean, they do that in the film, but I think if they found some type of comfort in this environment, it would have just added more to, like, that, I don't know, but, again, it's a, it's an independent film, Um, you know, a little bit more low budget, and they did great with what they had, and and it's a great film, and, I yeah again just the pacing is just a minor nitpick uh, it's nothing uh, that detracts from the movie but that was just like one of my I guess complaints about it
1: only if only you could regrets. say that but yeah. yeah I mind the pacing because what the eclipse happens I looked at it because uh, I was like when does the monster part of the monster movie start and it was it was about halfway through is the eclipse happens and then it's all dark from there they do all the cool stuff with natural lighting and yeah. whatnot so like half the movie yeah. is that and I could see where that comes from I think. Yeah, definitely after it gets dark, especially the pacing gets a little weird. It felt like there was a there were a few climaxes. There was the one, you know, it gets dark and everything comes out and they start dicking on everybody. There was the one yeah. where Riddick fights um Cole hauser's character, Johns, the the bounty hunter. They wrestle, they rumble, and Johns dies, which I thought might have been the end of it. And then there was, you know, when everyone is running. And more people die. I was like, oh, that was the last run. They did it. And then there was the one, you know, Riddick comes back and he gets everyone. But now Riddick's gone again and they got to go back again. Um, So they spend a lot of time in the dark. I like there's a lot of back
0: and forth. The dark
1: sequences so much that I didn't mind that so much of the movie was it just because they were really well done. But I could definitely see where you would say that, yeah, it does get a little jittery in the pacing
0: yeah maybe a little bit
1: i only had one problem it, even just a minor nitpick even there were some inconsistencies with the set <laughs> that's probably for budgetary reasons uh, but those were only really <laughs> applied to the light during the daytime portions of it where like things would change and like shit would move around and you, it was sometimes it was hard to see what was what because they so it would say they're in the same room but it looks different uh, but once it gets dark out you don't have to worry about any of that stuff because the light that and you know the stuff that we see on screen only extends like five feet because of the light they're using so you know for all we know they could have been just fucking in a backyard filming this <laughs> i would have been none the wiser
0: yeah. i don't care it looked great <laughs> true true yeah <laughs> some australian backyard yes yeah, so uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no exactly i i agree with that um it's a horror sci-fi film and it's good that we just kind of cut to the chase a little bit and uh, yeah you know, it's, it's, a good, it's a good amount of time. It doesn't drag on. You don't feel like the movie drags on. It just, it gets to the action. It gets to After watching, the point of the movie. And then and then you're getting, <laughs> and it, it goes by fast. This movie always goes by fast does. for me. The third one,
1: Riddick, the third one has more of those survival aspects. It's more of like a survival action. There's not as much horror as in Pitch Black. Yeah. It's, yes, yeah, so there's more of that. After watching both, I honestly like Pitch Black more. I like more of the
0: horror stuff. Oh yeah. And the survival black, stuff. It it just doesn't get better than Pitch Black, unfortunately, <laughs> you know. This, <laughs> this is, is the first and um, the best. It's 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 good. Hopefully. There's good, you know, uh entries, but yeah. Um but kind of the majority kinda of looking at it, it's not the best franchise and yeah, pitch black yeah, is yeah. like the peak. And that was the first movie. So that just kinda of tells you about the franchise a little bit, but yeah.
1: Yeah, I can see he wants some more survival just to balance out the pacing. But after seeing one with that, probably, I don't know, maybe it's probably just because the monsters weren't as scary and Riddick or, and the characters weren't as compelling. Yeah. But I would prefer Pitch Black and everything that one had to offer as opposed to Riddick.
0: Yeah. And, and another great scene, too. uh love when the archaeologist has his, you know, bottle and he, he strays away from the group and, and he takes a swig and then oh my, lights yeah. his torch and. He's just surrounded lots of setups and payoffs like that like, in this oh. movie
1: really good stuff earlier loved that scene, yeah, when they were testing what they could use as light sources, he's like he was taking shots of his of his liquor and spitting it out a lighter and making little bursts of light.
0: Yeah, right. and it's just a glimpse, just a glimpse of the, just the glimpse. entire herd you see, just surrounding him. Yeah, he's I mean, alone in like the dark. 20
1: of them. You see maybe like <laughs> 10, 15 feet around him. It's all just fucking aliens, and you only see
0: it for a split second, <laughs> and
1: then just the noises of Just are a goring. split
0: second, and, and then the light fades out, and it's just like, well, he's, he's dead. Yep. There's no hope. Yeah, that was awesome. it's a it's a great scene. Uh, that was like one of the coolest shots. I was like, oh, oh God, your heart just drops heart when, just when drops. he spits the fire. You're like, oh, no. Yeah. So great, great film. I love it. It's, it's a franchise that I forget about. It's a movie <laughs> I forget about. Um, well, it's, I could easily forget about the franchise, but <laughs> that that movie Pitch Black, you know, it's I, I, I just I kind of forget about it. You know, it's like, oh, shoot. Yeah, that's a really good movie. You're really selling it here. So it was great to it was great to revisit it. (laughs) So thanks for the suggestion. Yes, thanks for the suggestion, Steve. I never reminding
1: me. Pitch black, Uh, great movie. (laughs) I liked it. Other ones not so much, but they are filled to the brim with (laughs) that sweet sweet lore. And this is a lore channel after all, so you guys can bet we'll be going doing a deep dive of that on Thursday, baby.
0: (laughs) Talking about some motherfucking lore of Riddick lore. Lore. Riddick lore. It's so weird. It's so bad. i right into it. i have reminded of it and I'm just going going balls deep, balls into, deep into the lore. Into Riddick. All right, no, well. not into Riddick. Uh, into the lore of Riddick. God damn it. He does look pretty good. Okay, bye. See you Thursday. Okay, bye.
1: Howdy, y'all. This is Terran, a.k.a. The Bad. Thank you for tuning in to our new program. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't get dysentery. Now, everybody pretend that I rode off into the sunset. Bye now.